if you want to work for a brand, then obviously you want to go for a dealership because that's where you're going to, that's the only brand you're going to be working on. And in an independent shop, you're going to be working on a variety of cars. So it can be Honda, it can be Toyota, it could be Ford, it could be BMW, it could be Audi, depending on independent shops because a lot of independent shops, they do not work on German cars, which we all know why because they don't give out their information like that to fix their cars, which is kind of smart, but it affects independent shops. But for an independent shop, you get paid salary. So it's a little bit more laid back, not as fast paced. If you're working in a dealership, it's more, you got to make that money. It's flat rate. So you get paid per job and it's not salary. So whatever hours you make that week, that's where you're getting paid. So there are pros and cons to that because sometimes you can make, you can have a 90 hour week and you were just there 40 hours or you can be there 40 hours and you only made 20 hours that week. So it all depends on how much intake you're getting, also the level technician that you are. So for instance, for me, since I'm a master tech, I get everything. Welcome to the Skill Stadium, a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now your host, Keith Williams. Thank you for tuning in to the Skill Stadium podcast. Welcome, episode 108. I'm your host, Keith Williams. Every week, we invite you to join us with our conversations with leaders in the skill trades, business owners, hiring managers, educators, and professionals who work in the trades. You're going to hear their stories. You're going to hear them share advice, possible job opportunities if they're hiring. And if you find value in this episode, please leave a five-star rating, share it with someone who can benefit from you. Thank you again for listening to the podcast. Today's guest has many talents. My guest is an actress, an amateur boxer, an auto technician from the South Bronx, and she's very proud of her city. <laughs> My guest has been working as a master technician for BMW in Manhattan for the past 12 years. She's proud of becoming a BMW master tech. And she's finding success in a male-dominated industry despite the challenges. During her free time, she enjoys spending time with her dog, Nina. She also teaches at Bronx Community College. Please welcome Grace Claudio to the Skill Stadium Podcast. Grace, how are you this evening? Hi, everybody. How are you doing, Steve? Good, good, good. Grace had to bring you out properly. And <laughs> I'm really grateful for you being on this podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very honored. My pleasure. Grace, before we even get started, I got to ask you something because I know you're, you're into acting. Have you ever met, can you share a celebrity you've met and share a story? My gosh. Or an actress okay. or an actor, anybody? I did. I actually had the opportunity and the privilege. I was doing a background job for the TV show We Crash with Anne Hathaway. And I, was, I shared the screen with her. It was the nice. most amazing experience ever. I mean, I didn't get to introduce myself or anything like that, but I got to do a little bit of improv before the scene just to help her warm up, which was really nice. And I just got to see her work. I got to see her just navigate the room and, and, and prepare for the scene and talk to the directors and, and, ha and, and just go back and forth with them. And it was just I, like I knew I was meant to be there. It was the most craziest experience ever, but I loved it 100%. And Anne Hathaway is really, really sweet. Yes. Ah, that's amazing. That's an amazing story. Now, let me ask you another question. Is there anybody on your bucket list who you'd really like to meet who you admire? Sorry to put you on the spot. 
Oh, but there's so many. <laughs> it's a long list. You want me to do it? Give me three. Oh, this way. Viola Davis. Nice. Michelle Rodriguez, just because I just love her. She's the one that got me into boxing and I just love her. She's just an all-around badass. Oh my gosh. Sandra Bullock. Nice. There's so many though. It's so hard to do it on the spot. Yeah, I'm 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 catching blanks because there's just so many people. Anthony Hopkins. I definitely want to meet Al Pacino, all the greats. Definitely. Those are that's some good company. I would love to work with them too. You know what I mean? So it's like it's so it's so many. Guys, if you're listening, if they're listening, hey. <laughs> I got a shot. My hat goes out to anybody and everybody, not only the, the the ones that are, you know, big time, the ones that are just starting out too. It's it's not an easy task. Definitely, definitely. Hey, let's jump into these questions. When you were growing up, what did you want to be and why? Well, growing up as a kid, I really wanted to be a vet only because I love dogs. So I I mean, I'm sure being a veterinarian, you have to work on multiple animals. But um, yeah, that, that was what I wanted to be initially was a veterinarian. What type of dog do you have? I know you have a dog named Nina, right? Uh, her name is Bibi. Bibi, um, okay, Bibi. All right. she's a, yeah, she's a Jack Russell Terrier. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Excellent. Excellent. So Grace, you know, you have many talents. You're a boxer, actress, and with these talents that are challenging, how has that experience, these talents that you have are, you know, they're, you have to overcome challenges. How has that experience helped you to survive and thrive in a male dominated industry? That's a great question. Honestly, as a boxer, I started when I was 15 years old and I already dealt with not being wanted or not being welcomed because I was a woman. So I feel like when I went to the gym that I first started training at, the coach didn't want to train me because I was a woman, but because I told him that he didn't have to give me any special treatment to treat me like one of the guys, then he ended up taking me in because I was the only female in that gym at the time. But in doing so, I feel like it helped me mentally, physically, and emotionally to become an auto mechanic because it is a male-dominated field. And so is boxing. So it helped me a lot, you know, picking things, heavy things up. It helped me a lot with dealing with guys trying to either trying to trying to date me or thinking I'm a lesbian or, you know, not taking me seriously. I was already prepped being a fighter. And because I had, I grew up in the Bronx and I did box, I didn't take any shit from anybody. So that that helped me and that gave me tough skin already. So that's why I was able to survive this long. And I'm still there to this day. So I give a lot of credit to me being a fighter first to help me along the way. Now, when you're fighting, are you fighting men? So when you're boxing, you're boxing against men or? So I sparred a lot with men. Okay. Um, I did, here and there, I did spar with women, but because there's not as many women in the in the sport, I did spar a lot with men, and I they did not take anything lightly. They didn't treat me like I was a boy. Wow. So I've had bloody noses. I've had black eyes. I had busted lips, but I kept going, and they would just tell my coach, like, where did you find her? Because I had a chin. So they would be throwing bombs because I was a slugger. I, I'm not going to lie. I was a slugger. I just went in and just was throwing punches and was taking punches too, which is not that great. But yeah, I wasn't scared. So a lot of the guys used to like to spar with me because they knew they didn't have to take it lightly. And I appreciate it because in, when you do compete, the other woman is not taking it lightly either. You know what I mean? So yeah. if you bang with the dudes, you're fine. You'll oh, survive <laughs> in the ring. So 
Yeah, I'll tell you, boxing is it, it's the ultimate gladiator sport because there's nobody else but you and that other opponent. And, you know, I, I mean, and there's such a mental toughness in there, too, because there is. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So uh, much respect <laughs> to you for that. I, I've done boxing for working out, not boxing against like not sparring, like having a punching bag and hitting the punching bag. And I'll tell you, after about five minutes, and I'm in pretty good shape, after about five minutes, you can barely keep your arms up. So I could only imagine if you're having somebody who's still trying to hit you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the shape and the yeah, condition minutes, you have to be. It was like forever in the ring, especially when you're tired of fatigue. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I, I think that served you well. I mean, it helped you in all that you've done, you know. So, Grace, the objective here, what I try and do is, we're trying to help the next generation of women auto technicians who are coming up. What is something you wish you were told before you started that you think can help that that generation of women coming into your industry? Realistically, honestly speaking, I kind of knew what I was going in for. And since I already had the mindset of like, because when I went to training, when I first went to Bronx Community College, I knew nothing about cars. Mm-hmm. But I was there to learn and I was there to focus and I wasn't there to make friends. So that was my mindset. So I really didn't, how to say, I really didn't need somebody to tell me some certain things because I already knew what I wanted and I was already focused. But I did like, I'm trying to think of like what, like if I were to, t- if, if my mindset were different, mm-hmm. maybe it would be like, you know, to, to just keep going. And like, if there's something that you really want to do, just keep going for it. No matter how many, how many times you get rejected. Cause I've gotten rejected many times in my life. That's an, in boxing, that's in automotive, that's in life in general, especially acting. I've never had anxiety ever in my life until I started acting. And modeling too is the same thing. You're going to get constant rejection. So you just got to keep pushing through it and, and know what you want and just go for it. Definitely. Do you think that when you were in school, that school gave you an indication of what it would be like on the job? Or was it completely different from, you know, when you're in school, some schools do a great job preparing you for, okay, this is what it's really going to be like. Other times, it's completely different. School's out, and it's a whole different game. What right. was your take on that? I mean, I was really lucky in a sense that my professors were really supportive. I never felt like I couldn't ask any questions, or I didn't feel like I couldn't do something wrong and then be penalized for it. Like it, I was able to excel in that sense. But to prepare me for what it was going to be like, no. I don't think any school that I know of does that because I don't think they take that into consideration just because they deal with men all the time. So they don't like think about that part of it. We kind of just figure it out on our own. But again, I was a boxer, so I already know what mm-hmm. I'm going to go into because I've already experienced it. Okay. But if I didn't, that would have been a whole different story. Sure. But I did end up doing an internship to try and get hands-on trading at um, Master Mechanics in Yonkers. And that was the only independent shop that would take me in just for hands-on training. I was not getting paid for it. I just needed hands-on skills. Okay. So I am very grateful. Shout out to Master Mechanics. Love them to death. And they helped me excel. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have been able to make it to BMW. Okay. So that was kind of a springboard for you, getting that experience with, uh, I guess, more of an independent shop. Yes, it was an independent shop. Yeah. You've talked about that before. What are the pros and cons of working at an independent shop versus a dealership? And for a new employee, can you share the difference of which might be better for them for someone new to the industry? 
So it all depends on on what you're going for. If you want to work for a brand, then obviously you want to go for a dealership because that's where you're gonna. That's the only brand you're gonna be working on. And in an independent shop, you're gonna be working on a variety of cars. So it can be Honda, it can be Toyota, it could be Ford, it could be BMW, it could be Audi. Depending on independent shops, because a lot of independent shops they do not work on German cars, mm-hmm. which we all know why because they don't give out their information like that to fix their cars, which is kind of smart, but you know, it affects independent shops, but for an independent shop, you get paid salary. So it's a little bit more laid back, not as fast paced. Um, if you're working in a dealership is more, you got to make that money. You, it's flat rate. So you get paid per job and it's not salary. So whatever hours you make that week, that's where you're getting paid. Mm-hmm. So there are pros and cons to that. Cause sometimes you can make, you can have a 90 hour week. And you were just there 40 hours or you can be there 40 hours and you only made 20 hours that week. So it all depends on how much intake you're getting. Also the level technician that you are. So for instance, for me, since I'm a master tech, I get everything. So I get all the, the shit jobs. I get all the cars that people don't want to fix and they can't figure out. So, which is fun for me, but also sometimes it's frustrating because I won't make time. Sure. But also... It makes it more fun because I'm not doing everything. Like it's not repetitive, and I love a challenge. So, it, it, I, I'm, I'm, it, it's a like pro and con to um, being in a dealership. But like I said, independent shop is a lot more laid back, and you are working a lot on a lot of different cars. If I could, I feel like I would work at an independent shop. It just doesn't pay as much, just because I get to actually work and do my job. Mm-hmm. Okay. See what I mean? Yeah, because you're getting because instead of having to rely on how much business is coming in, you're getting a steady payment. So right. whatever time you put in there, you're getting paid for. Right. Might be at a bit of a lower rate, but at least it's guaranteed. I also wonder, like this experience now that you had working at BMW, how much does that help you for the next job that you want? Say, like if you want to work for Mercedes versus working for you know, if you went to a smaller independent shop, would they pay you more now because of your experience and the fact that you work for BMW? Does that hold some kind of cachet? Because that's kind of what jumps in my head. I, you know, in my head, I'm thinking people who work for the luxury car dealers are probably the best of the best. So I would imagine that these smaller dealerships would be like, wow, let's take this person who works from BMW or Mercedes or what have you. How does the industry see that? Do they see that as a higher status technician? I mean, it, it kind of does because I got offered a job to work for Audi. Okay. But then I wouldn't have to, because German car is a German car, right? So sure. it kind, kind of the, somewhat the same, just in engineering wise. They're all in the ass, so it doesn't matter. But it's different because I would have to start from the ground up because I'm not an Audi technician. You see what I mean? Uh, yes, so it doesn't yes. really matter that I'm BMW, because I'm BMW master tech. I'm yeah. not Audi. So, which is understandable because I am not. Audi certified, but it does benefit me in the sense that I would be able to learn the brand faster, but I would still have to start from the ground up Okay. for an independent shop. I mean, it all depends on where you go in the independent shops, just because I'm sure they have a budget. You know what I mean? So I don't know how that would play out. Cause I never uh, try to touch those waters yet, but I'm assuming that it, you, you might hold value, but I don't know about it being, the same or more than what you're making if you're already at your current dealer as a master technician. Yeah. And I guess, like you said, I guess if you'd have to restart, there's no incentive there because 
you know, you're starting yeah. from the bottom at a time. That that's harsh. Unless unless they're going to pay you a whole lot more money, I would right. imagine that. That's the things about money. You know what I mean? Like, if it wasn't about that, trust me, I would have tried it. Yeah. Just because I I got along really well with the guy who wanted to hire me, but and I fell in love with the environment that he's trying to create in sure. the dealership that we lack. Because a lot of dealers, they just want money, 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 but they don't care about the technician. All they want is customer satisfaction. And I get sure. it. You need customer satisfaction, obviously, because that's how you're going to get work. But also, you can't forget about your techs. We're not just tech numbers. You see what I mean? So if we feel like that, then the morale of the shop is going to be shit. And then your work coming out is going to be shit. Yeah. But it just it doesn't work that way. So he had a different mindset on how he wanted to do that, which was really great because I don't think a lot of dealerships think that way. And I know of a lot of technicians that are miserable. So, yeah, I'll tell you, <laughs> I mean, it, it, how you treat, you know, I never understood business leaders and business people who don't treat their people well, because that's something you have complete control over. You can literally wake up and decide, I'm going to treat this person well, I'm going to treat them like crap. It is your decision. It's not something that's hard to do. It's not something that's not, you know, it, I, and it makes no sense because eventually you end up losing those people at some point. There's only so much people will take. And if they have good skills, they've got options, you know, so, <laughs> you know, there's, and the older, you, I don't know if you're, if you're like me, the older you get, the less tolerant you become of things. What you might've tolerated five, 10 years ago, probably not going to tolerate now. That's just my experience. Everybody's different. I just, as we get older, I don't know. That's me. I think everybody's different. Everybody has that. I guess you could call a breaking point where this person oh, has yeah. one more time to say something. One more. We all know that, right? We all have someone who's about this close from getting their butt whooped because they got, then they don't know it. <laughs> we all, we all have people like that. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. You just, you got to figure out how to survive. <laughs> yes. It's definitely survival. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of technology in the cars, you know, today. And what skills are you seeing that are required to be successful? Because these cars now are like driving computers. Yeah, it's that's a really good question, Keith. So a lot of our cars now are going more towards high voltage. So you have to be really strong electrical wise, be really good at electrical wiring diagrams and just electrical in general, knowing how to diagnose. A lot of it is gearing towards you have to know how to diagnose a car. A lot of our cars are going to hybrids, semi-hybrids, full electric. A lot of the cars now want to, are trying to do fully autonomous driving. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. So you have to be familiar with these devices and these technologies because that's what we're gearing towards. It's just a lot of over-engineering and it's, yeah, that's where we are. <laughs> and that's where we're going. And I don't think we're going to go back from that. And I saw an article that 2020, 2030 something, 2035, I think it is, like California wants to do no more gasoline vehicles, all electric. So imagine that. Wow. So, I mean, you're still going to need technicians to, you know, fix these cars. I doubt they're going to have robots doing it, but you have to be, It's it, it sucks for, you know, the old school technician, the vet, you know what I mean? That doesn't yes. really know much about these technologies because then they're going to be out of work. Mm -hmm. Or they'll have to retrain. They have to retrain, but a lot of them are like, eh. They don't want it. They're not, nope. They're like, they'd rather, they rather, you know, make their money and go. They're not interested in becoming higher level technicians to have to deal with the bullshit that we do. So 
which is understandable because I wanted to go, I wanted to make money too. But you know what? I, I like a challenge. I'm, I'm where I'm at, so I can't go back. So Yeah, I've noticed that like, um, and I guess it just depends on the individual. If you've, you know, there are people who don't like change. It's hard. And those people are going to struggle because the world is just changing. You know, it, you know, like the things, it's like some idiot who back in the day could say ignorant stuff that's not acceptable today. You know, they're just things you have to change. They're just things that force you to change. Otherwise, you just get left behind, you know, and I just I don't understand that mindset of it's like driving off of a cliff. You know, they're saying, hey, you have to learn these items in order to stay employed. You're telling me that you're going to let that affect your ability to earn. The you know, that doesn't make any sense to me. It's like somebody who says, I don't believe in this internet or I don't believe in email. Well, you know, you're not going to be employed if you, you know, like this is where we're at, you know? So it, that just blows my mind. I just don't understand that mindset, you know, but I do think, like you said, like if they're changing all of this to electric. That's what we got to be strong at. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about that other than learn it or be unemployed. I mean, it's, they're not going to keep you around if you can't fix the car. I mean, it's really that simple. You know, I mean, it's, yeah, so I'm just, I'm fascinated by that. I, you know, I, I was at an event and I heard somebody talking about that people are actually doing coding on the cars because it's so computerized. And so I heard somebody say like, they're learning code, like how you build apps and stuff. And I, you know, I couldn't believe I mean, that. I haven't I got like, there yet, but because <laughs> um, yeah. I am, I can fix a car, but I am not that tech savvy and I have very little patience. So like, I have a, luckily I have a friend of mine that helps me with this, that type of stuff, but yeah, everything is technology, everything. It's so crazy and scary at the same time. Definitely. Definitely. But you know, you're up for the challenge. So, uh, oh, absolutely. I'm sure you're going to be fine. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what changes are you seeing in your industry just in terms of that can help you remain relevant? So what are you seeing that's changing in the industry? So what are you seeing that's changing in your industry that you have to keep up with in order to remain relevant and employed? Well, like we just spoke about, just making sure that I'm on top of my training because we do go back to BMW North America to get training on the newer cars that are coming out. So as long as I stay on top of that, I'll always remain relevant. I got to stay on top of my training, stay on top of my ASCs, which is Automotive Service Excellence exams. So that's the only way I can you know, remain relevant pretty much um, is just to keep on with my training. Now, do they do that once? Is this an annual thing where they do these different trainings or is it every six months or how often does that happen where you have to do training and do you have to go, do you just do it in stateside at your location or do you have to travel or how does that work? Well, for, for BMW, we have a training facility in Jersey, so I don't really have to travel out and BMW is not going to pay to send me to Florida or to Cali. Okay. Be nice if they could do that in December. Oh, that would be amazing. I'm like, there's no classes available. Somebody to Florida, please. No, that would be amazing. Yeah. But no, unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. But it's always whenever we get like a new car uh, that comes out, especially now we have the full electric X3 and the hybrid 4 Series. So a lot of new technologies that come out, especially now with the new high voltage systems that we have, we had to go for training for that. But because I am master high voltage certified i have to go for that so i'm the one that's always on top of it to see when those classes are available because they do sell out quick the seat fill up really quick so as soon as i see it available i try to get in if not then i have to wait for the next available time when when it's open 
And I, I did get offered to teach at BMW North America as an instructor, but it's a pay cut. So, Ooh. yeah, I had to, unfortunately, I had to not take it at this time. Yeah, no, I understand. I understand. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe in the future when I'm like, I'm not done wrenching. Honestly, I love what I do, even though it's stressful sometimes and it's frustrating. I'm not done wrenching. I'm not done fixing cars because the satisfaction I get from fixing a car that was broken and now it's on the road and it's functioning the way it's supposed to. It's just, it's a different feeling. No, I hear you. I hear you. By the way, do you get to drive any of the cars? Well, I only drive the cars on road tests. Like if I work on a car and I did a lot of work on it and, or if a customer's complaining about a, a noise or an issue while driving, I drive these cars, but to drive it home, no. Okay. All right. That's, oh, okay. that's only for foreman. Okay. And, um, and I wouldn't want to drive it in the Bronx anyway. <laughs> because I got you. I hear you. <laughs> not the people I don't trust, but it's also like my whole block is rat infested and the rats love wiring. So no, it's okay. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about yes. that. Yeah. Yes. They oh love wiring gosh. harnesses. It's the most, ugh, it's just, and I can't, I hate rats. Like I'll fight somebody. You know what I mean? But when it comes to a rat, if you throw a rat at me and we're in the middle of a fight, I'm leaving. I'm running. I don't mess with rats. Rats are I, that rats and snakes are two things that that scare me. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's a problem. So I rather I rather not. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So they can get into the wiring. Basically, your car, you can't go anywhere. Well, it depends on what they chew. A lot of times I get cars in with check engine lights and I kind of have an idea already of what it is. But the worst parts are in is are when they're alive in the car or they're dead in the car, I can't do it. I can't. I have to tell my foreman to redispatch because I can't do it. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. I'm yeah, sorry. That... Or they got to take it out for me. Yeah. Then I, and then I'll touch it. But sometimes it's so bad where it smells like rat shit. Piss. Oh, it's just really bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you'll know that smell. And I think the problem is, so what, people are parking on the street or they're parked there because obviously they got to get in the car. They get in the car from somewhere. Like oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you live in the city. I mean, the whole yeah, city. parked like, on the street. Yeah. You're pretty even in a garage, you might get, you in know. In a garage, right? they get in. Wow. Wow. I'm wondering if they could spray something on the car or do something to deter the rats from getting so, in there. I mean, yeah, they do. There's like, a solution people- for that. Right. Some people, they put like those those uh, little devices that's supposed to do like a sound thing for the rats or they'll put like, I've seen, they might put mothballs, but they're so gangsta. Like they don't even care. Like I think they're immune to it because if you get in the car, it doesn't matter. Like I have a Subaru and I would spray peppermint oil and I've been lucky with that because they don't like the smell of peppermint. So I do mothballs and peppermint spray, like the essential oil. And I spray that in the engine compartment. So far, I've been okay. So but good. Knock on wood. Yeah, yeah. But they're immune, I'm telling you. Wow. Wow. So you know something? I know that, you know, you're on social media. And I believe, like me, you didn't grow up with social media. But, you know, we understand now it can be an asset or liability. Can you share how it's impacted your career and your life, having an online presence? Well, it has benefited me, especially... Now that I'm trying to, you know, tap into the acting world and the modeling world, just because that's where a lot of agencies look at your social media because they want to see the type of person that you are. Also, I've been able to meet a lot of other female technicians globally. So yes. I have a woman that follows me from Nigeria. 
that she's a mechanic over there. And I hats off to her because we're spoiled in America compared to Nigeria. To be a mechanic over there, man, I have so much respect for her. And also in, in uh, England, I've also spoken to a female mechanic there too. So it's, it's allowed me to see other women that I didn't know of before, which is really nice to know that we ha- we're out there. But even though there's not many, we're out there and we're continuing to grow. And also, you know, it's a, it's a platform where people that want to do what I do to see what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Inspiration wise, not trying to be a creep or nothing like that. But I mean, I'm sure there are those, but just to be an inspiration, because that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help the next generation. I'm here to help show women that we can do whatever we want, no matter what it is, as long as we just keep pushing forward, no matter how hard it gets. Even if they can, re- they need to reach out to me and say, hey, listen, I had this day where this and this and this happened. How did you deal with it? You know, and I can help them in that way. Because honestly, this is that's what I'm there for. And I, I want to see women excel, no matter what it is. It can be acting, it can be modeling, it can be automotive, it can be boxing. You know what I mean? It's just so they know they have some uh, someone that can hear them. So that's what I use it for. Yeah, no, I think that's powerful. Because like I said, you know, years ago, there's no way you would have been able to connect with this person in Nigeria, connect with this person no, in the it's UK. insane. Yeah. It, it's powerful. It's powerful. It is. Like it I is. And, and I love that I get, that I get to speak with them or I get to inspire them in some way and or help them to keep moving forward and know that just because you're a tech doesn't mean you can't be pretty you know what I mean there's no certain type of woman to be a tech even though there is the stereotypical types you know what I mean and that's the only yeah. way you can take it seriously but you're showing a different aspect like you could show a different side you know right because so, yeah, I have no, fallen means- into that I have fallen into that when I first started I mean I am still a tomboy but it's just now that I'm tapping into my feminine side, just because I thought like if I go in there like this type of way, I wouldn't be taken seriously. Same thing in the boxing world. And unfortunately, fortunately, that is how it is. But it shouldn't be that way. We're in 2022. Like it shouldn't matter. But it's still that stereotype. So. But it's also, you know what it is, too? It's a different uniform for a different occasion. That's how I'd almost put it. You know, like, I mean, there are certain ways I dress when I'm going here, certain ways I dress when I'm going there. And that it's a different aspects of you. Right. It's different shades of yourself. Like, it, I mean, just like you act a certain way here and then you act another way there. It's the same thing. You yeah. wear different hats depending where you are. Yes, definitely. Definitely. All right. Final question. What does success look like for you? What's your vision for the future? Well, mine's is pretty simple. My vision for the future, I really want to give my mom the life that she deserves. That's why I hustle so hard. Honestly, that's what I want. I want to be able to buy my mom a big house where she doesn't have to worry about anything. She doesn't have to worry about money. That is my biggest thing. And also to help women. So the reason for me tapping into the automotive, into the modeling world and the acting world is so, one, so I can tell stories that I want to see on the screen, but also to to open up my own female trade school. I want to open up a female trade school for women so they have a place where they can just be and do what they want to do. And and even if it's first, it will just be automotive. And if that does well, then I'll include other trades just so they can have somewhere they can call their own and just excel and not have to worry about oh, well, this guy's trying to get with me or I don't feel comfortable with this or blah, 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 you know? Because I've seen that. Looking at Bronx Community College, I've seen that. And it's hard. It is hard, especially if you don't have tough skin. You can fold really quickly. And it's very sad because I'm sure we will have a lot more female technicians if it wasn't for that. 
So that is one of my goals. I do want to open up a female trade school and hopefully a boxing gym. So there you uh-huh. go. All right. I like it. <laughs> so that's where I'm gearing towards. I know it's going to take a while, but you know what? It'll happen if it's meant for me. But that is my vision. That's on my vision board. Yeah. I'll tell you something. You know, you can get anything's possible. You start building networks and relationships and you get investors behind you. It can happen it quicker happen. than you think. It, it will, will happen. happen. Yeah. Because there's a need for it. They need women in the trades. And if people believe that you're the person to lead it, people will get behind you, you know, because I always say there's only so much you can do by yourself. But if you get a team of people, you can do a lot more. You're going to go a lot further with more people because you're one person. You have the vision, you can lead it, but you do need people to help you execute it. And so I believe you'll figure it out. Yeah, I definitely will. Yeah. And I think it's such a niche, but there's a demand I think that, I really think it's something that can happen. You know, they have an all-girls auto clinic, right? I know, yeah. That would happen. Amazing. That I love her to death. Patrice? That's yeah, Patrice. Yeah, and Patrice she knows, Banks. So. She knows it. I tell her all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, if that's possible, who would have thought that, that that would happen, right? And it did. Anything's possible. I, I always say, if you think about all the things we've created and done, there have been things that have been probably more challenging and things that nobody would have believed would happen and it happened and it was created, you know, it's all about, you know, keep that vision and get the right people behind you. I always say, if you get the right people behind you, anything's possible. Absolutely. I agree. And I want to interview you when you do get that started. So you owe me an interview once I get get that going. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. We're going to be connecting no matter what. So definitely, definitely, definitely. You'll see the progress. Yeah. Well, Grace, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. I wish you much success and stay in touch. And I'm looking forward to you opening that trade school for women. Yes, sir. Definitely. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.